a great pleasure to be with you all. As I sit here, it reminds me, 80 years ago, when I was a teenager, and there, by the grace of God, we had meetings in our schools, and how we gathered together to pray, we gathered together to share the word, and how we go to the villages to preach the gospel. So it's a great pleasure for me to be with you all. It makes me younger. Now, I was asked to share with you the story of how this gathering in New York come into being. Now, of course, we find in the Bible there are lots of histories. But the purpose of histories in the Bible is not that we may know, we may have information about the past. The Holy Spirit put these histories in the Word of God. He wants us to learn lessons from history. So I feel that if uh, we are going to know the history of how this gathering began in New York and how it comes to this day. I hope it is not just some information of the past, but I hope that by knowing the history, we may learn some lessons and we may know the way of God and be faithful to what he requires of us. So first of all, I will read from the book of Acts, chapter 26. We are beginning verse 12. Acts, chapter 26, verse 12. That was Paul's experience. He said, when engaged in this, that is, at that time, uh, he was persecuting the Christians. I was journeying to Damascus with authority and power from the chief priest at midday on the way. I saw, O king, a light above the brightness of the sun, shining from heaven round about me and those who were journeying with me. And when we were all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me, in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against goats. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise up and stand on thy feet. For for this purpose have I appeared to thee, to appoint thee to be a servant and a witness, both of what thou hast seen and of what I shall appear to thee in, taking thee 
out from among the people and the nations to whom I send thee to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive remission of sin and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith in me. Whereupon, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, so far as the history of our gathering in New York is concerned, it is a long history. It goes back probably to the 30s of the past century. There was a pastor called Mr. Lind. He was the pastor of a great church in St. Paul, Minnesota. Even at that time, he had radio programs. Quite successful. But then the Lord began to reveal to him about the church. He began to see some light from above. And he realized that being the pastor of a denomination was not the will of God. So he resigned from his post. And it was at that time that she was, he was advised by two sisters, elderly sisters, to go to London to visit Mr. T. Austin Sparks. So he went to England. He spent some months there at Honor Oak, London, with Brother Sparks. Now, during those months, when he came back, he said, I had learned nothing new there, but what God has revealed to me were all confirmed. Now, when he came back, instead of going to St. Paul, Minnesota, he came to New York. He rented a house on 8th Avenue, Manhattan. And there, he began to open his home for gathering of those who really seek after the Lord. He became a mechanic to support him and his own family. And that's how the gathering in New York began. Then you remember Pearl Harbor. In 1941, December, there was the bombing in Pearl Harbor. And the United States was uh, involved because of that uh, with the uh, war uh, in the Far East. And there was a missionary doctor by the name of Dr. Thornton Stearns. He was a graduate of uh, John Hopkins 
University. And he went to China as a missionary with the Presbyterian Church. He was the head of the orthopedic department in Chilu University in Jinan, China. Now you may not know uh, where uh, Jinan is, uh, but uh, you know it's in China. <laughs> and by the grace of God, the Lord touched he, him and his wife deeply. And they became very zealous for the Lord. They began to uh, open their home to all these medical students to come to their home at any time and to open the icebox at any time. And they even began to call him daddy. And there he led them one by one to the Lord. So at that time, a group of medical students got saved. And the Lord was really uh, using uh, this couple. But then the Lord began to show Dr. Stearns of the church. What is God's thought about the church? So he resigned from Chilo University. And he came to Shanghai to join with us in Hadong Road, uh, Shanghai. That's where Brother Watchman Lee was. So then the war broke out and the whole family was interned by the Japanese. And because he was sick, so he stayed in the hospital. And during the first patriation, uh, the first group of uh, uh, those caught by the Japanese uh, returned to the United States. And Dr. Stearns and the family uh, was among them. Now, they live in East Orange, New Jersey. But through Brother Sparks, they began to contact Mr. Lin. So that's how you find that they began to meet together. And later on, Mr. Lin got very sick. So Dr. Stearns took him to his house in New Jersey. And eventually, Brother Lin passed away. Now, I came to New York in 1952. Because we knew what happened uh, in New York. So, after the war, when uh, brothers, sisters, families coming to this country uh, for study or so other things, we always introduced them to that little group in New York. When I came in 1952, there was a small gathering in New York City. They gathered in Fulton Street, near Wall Street. You remember that during the Depression, there was the Fulton Street 
noontime prayer. And it was very greatly used by the Lord. All these bankers, they all came and prayed together at noontime. And even D.L. Moody spoke there. So the Fulton Street noontime prayer it was a uh, historical thing. And uh, uh, at that time, this little group, they rent that place for one evening and also on the Lord's Day because they don't use it on the Lord's Day. But the building was owned by the insurance company. So when I came, we met in Fulton Street uh, for the Lord's Day. And also, I think it's Tuesday night, uh, we will come together and pray together there. It was a very small group. Uh, but thank God, I was uh, able to meet with these brothers and sisters from the very beginning. The reason why I say this is because we feel that since we are in this country, we cannot transport Chinese church into this country. We need to join together with those of this country and use English as the main language. Now, of course, it was a little difficult in the beginning. But thank God, because I happened to come here and started with that group. So, we maintain that the church cannot be transported from one country to another. It has to be local. So, from that time on, I have been connected with uh, brothers and sisters in various parts of this country. Uh, and we always emphasize that we are not uh, being transported from China uh, to here. Uh, since we are here, uh, that's where uh, we should be with the brothers and sisters. And as we met there for a number of uh, years, and uh, of course, Brother T. Austin Sparks visited us every year. And in 1958, 57, uh, I was thinking of uh, going back to the Far East. And before I was leaving, the brothers uh, in responsibility, at that time I think there were three of them. One was Dr. Stearns, uh, uh, the other was uh, Brother Chase, and the other Brother Guler. And they were the three brothers that were in responsibility. So they are Brother Sparks. After I left, whom will he suggest to come and help them? So Brother Spock suggests to send his son-in-law, Mr. Richard Aykroyd, to come 
and help them. Now, as a matter of fact, years before, Brother Spock took three young brothers from England to this country, trying to leave these three brothers in the States. But they were not accepted, so they all returned. So Brother Spock made that suggestion, and the brothers accepted it. But before I left, they sent a letter to Brother Sparks and say, no, they don't want him. So the whole situation began to change. I left for California and uh, uh, among the brothers and sisters, there were different opinions. And because of that, the meeting was disbanded. Now, at that time, we already met in China Institute uh, in Midtown, Manhattan. So it was very unfortunate that uh, the gathering in New York City, Manhattan, uh, for a period, was uh, disbanded. But after this happened, a few brothers and sisters felt they should come together and meet together. So they started to meet together in Jamaica, in the house of Brother Guru, and also Brother Richard Aykroyd joined with them. So the meeting was uh, renewed uh, in a small way uh, in uh, Brother Gula's home. And it was during that time in 1958, uh, I traveled to Europe and uh, passing through New York, and I felt that uh, it was the Lord's will for me to return to New York. So after Europe, I came back and returned uh, to New York. And so we find that the meeting, instead of being in Manhattan, it had moved uh, to Jamaica, Queens. Then the Lord began to bring other people in. So... Uh, uh, a home was not uh, enough to accommodate us. So finally, uh, we ran the American Legion Hall. We used the American Legion Hall for the Lord's Day. But being in American Legion Hall, there was a drawback. Because... The American Legion Hall, you know, oftentimes on Saturday night, they have parties. So when we went there on Sunday morning, we had to clear up that place. And not only that, but Sunday afternoon, they have bingo. <laughs> and those people of bingo, they want to set out that place, set up that place earlier. But because we were there, 
they couldn't do it. So they were unhappy about it. And while we were meeting there, there's another drawback. When friends were invited to come, they came to the place and saw the big bingo sign there. They say it must be the wrong place. <laughs> so we were in a great trouble about it. And at the same time, you find that the Chinese began to add up. But the Caucasians didn't increase. So Brother Aykroyd, he was very disappointed. He said, this is a Chinese meeting. So he left. He left for Louisville, Kentucky. But after he left, God began to bring in lots of Puerto Ricans with us. <laughs> so you know, the way the Lord works is wonderful. And as the numbers began to grow, and we find so inconvenient with American Legion Hall, so finally we decided we have to find our own place. So we bought a piece of land in Jamaica and we began to build a building to it. Maybe I should have mentioned that because there was meeting with us a brother a medical doctor from Shanghai. And he had the thought that the church should never own any property on earth. So when we bought the land, he left us. But we feel that the church is heavenly in nature. But because we are still in this mortal body, so we have to have a place where we can meet. So we do not consider a church building as church. We only think that it is just a place where we, the church meet. Just like you need chairs, you need hymn book, you know, and you need a place when you can meet together. So we never call that building as the church, uh, which is the uh, common notion among people. People say, well, I go to church. Uh, what do you mean? You mean to go to a building uh, there. Oh, I left my umbrella there. Now, how can you leave your umbrella in the church? It's impossible. So we consider it just a building to be used for the church to meet, but it is not the church itself. But sometimes people will mix up these two things, and uh, that's uh, really uh, is unnecessary. So to uh, to me, I always feel uh, the building. It's just something to be used, just like the chairs, the hymn book, and things like that. We shouldn't put our emphasis on the building. Our emphasis should be 
on the church that will meet uh, in that building. So finally, we built uh, there. And at that time, we had to use three languages. The main language was English. But then we have two booths. And one booth translate into Chinese. And one booth translate into Spanish. So that's the way we met for a number of years. Now thank God, by His mercy, the presence of the Lord was very real to us. And it was during those years that the Lord began to build His people. But the enemy did not like it. You remember our Lord Jesus said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, wherever the Lord is building his church, the gates of Hades will all be open, trying to destroy, trying to attack, and trying to put it down. Why? Because according to the word of God, our Lord Jesus on Calvary's cross, he won the victory. The enemy was cast out of this world. But the church is commissioned to apply the victory of Christ over this world so that the enemy will be totally routed. So the enemy knew, knows, that the church if it's built by the Lord and not by man, it will be his end. So all the gates of Hades will be open. Try to destroy it. Well, whatever is done of man will be destroyed by the enemy. But whatever is of God, the enemy is destroyed. So when we were really sensed the presence of the Lord with us and brothers and sisters are growing together, whether you are Puerto Ricans, whether you are Americans, whether you are Chinese, make no difference. You know, we often, in the beginning, you know, I, uh, we often have problems. When I was uh, talking with the brothers, Oh, this is, this is not the American way. I told them, it is neither the American way nor the Chinese way. We are seeking the Lord's way. So gradually, the sense of being Americans or being Chinese disappeared. And we just met together as one body, members one of another. And thank God it was during due spirit that the Lord began to raise the brothers who had ministry. And it, it, it is, a, it is a, a joyful time together. But the leading brothers at that time were of one accord with me. We feel we had to be open to all God's people. We were disturbed. But thank God, by the grace of God, we stood. 
But when I left, I moved to Washington, D.C. They succeeded in taking over. At that time, we not only have a building to meet, we have a guest house. But they took over everything. Now, to me, taking over the buildings and the guest house is nothing to me. Because I feel it is the presence of the Lord that is most important. The buildings, material things, are nothing. But unfortunately, they use different ways through family relationship and all kinds of things and just take over. So that was the meeting in Jamaica. But thank God, there were a few brothers and sisters. They fell before the Lord that this was not what the Lord wants. So they left and they began to come together to pray. Now I was at that time in Washington, D.C. I had to confess that I didn't come back and help them in the beginning. The reason was, I do not want to see any division among God's people. If people want to take over, I will, ret- I will withdraw. But thank God, these few brothers and sisters, they continued to be together and pray. And after a certain period, I came back and visited them. And that was how the meeting began in Flushing. So instead of being in Jamaica, you find now you are in Flushing. And in the beginning, you know, they moved from place to place. Uh, rent some place here, some place there, and uh, uh, people began to uh, come and add up. So eventually, by the grace of God, uh, this place was bought. So in the beginning, we met in this room. And you have to stand in that corner in order that people in this corner and in the corner can see you. So this is the place where we met at that time. Now, I visited them from time to time. And thank God, the God began to add and add. And of course, our brother Christian Chang came back and uh, the Lord began to uh, add. And finally, uh, they uh, built that uh, new uh, attachment uh, for building. So that was approximately uh, the history uh, of the past. And you find it's almost covered 80 years already. Now, the reason why I feel uh, to mention, uh, not in details, but in general uh, terms, uh, what happened during all these years. 
The reason for that is that we may learn the lessons. We are not here for ourselves. We are here for the testimony of Jesus. In other words, this gathering in New York was started with a vision. It was not just any kind of gathering. It was not because we are unhappy with other people. It was not because we are we want to be separated from other children of God. Not at all. On the contrary, because God has given us a heavenly vision. So that's why I read in the beginning Paul's experience. While he was on the road to Damascus trying to wipe out Christians, the Lord met him on the road. A light brighter than the noonday sun shone upon him and upon his followers. They were all smitten to the ground. But Saul was the only one who heard the voice of our Lord Jesus. Don't you know it is hard for you to kick against the gods? Now it was not an angry voice. It was a voice full of love and sympathy. Why do you persecute me? In doing that, you are hurting yourself. Don't you know that you are not your own master? It's right to you, you do it. No, you are born with a purpose. You know, everyone who is born into this world is born with a purpose. God created us for a reason. Why? Because he has a work to be done. We are like ox or horses, or mules that are to be yoked by our Master, the Lord, to till His ground, to do His work. But unfortunately, we didn't know that. We think that we are our own Master. We are here on this earth to do our own will. That's why we are here. But we are totally wrong. The Lord tried to turn us back to himself. But we, in our ignorance, like the mule or the horse or the cow, they were kicked back. They did not want to follow 
the master's will. They see something pleasing to their taste, they will turn around and go there. Now how can the farmer have his plow his field straight in that manner? So you see the farmer always one hand on the yoke, on the other hand he has a goat. That is a stick with a sharp end. And he will use that stick when a horse or a mule try to go its own way. Then the farmer will use the goats and touch his leg. Now he, he, he does not mean to hurt the animal. Just to remind the animal that he has his master. But the animal is not so stubborn and unknowing that it kicks back and when it kicks back it hurts. You know, so when you look back into your past life, you will discover without your knowing, God is trying to lead you back. But you don't understand. And if you continue to do that, you got hurt. And if you read the story of Saul, you find it was very true with him. Because Saul was a good man. An unusually good young man. He was religious, he was pious, he was moral, he was a true Pharisee, keep every letter of the law. Wonderful young man, but he was blind. He was in darkness because he followed the traditions of the fathers. And according to the traditions of the father, Jesus is an imposter to Judaism. So he tried to wipe out Christians, thinking that he was serving God, not knowing he was doing God a disservice. So God knew his heart. He was sincere, but he was blind. So that's how you find God in his mercy met him on the road to Damascus and reminding him that he had a master in heaven. God has a purpose in his life. He should return. And thank God. He said, Lord, who are you? He called him Lord. But he did not know who that Lord was. He realized there was someone greater than he. Someone who is mightier than he. Someone who is Lord to him. But he didn't know him. So our Lord Jesus said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. And from that time onward, he said, it pleased God to reveal 
his son in me. Why? Because under the light, his eyes got blind. But his inner eye was open. God revealed his son in me. Not only to me, but in me. Brothers and sisters, oftentimes, if you come from a Christian family, you may say, I know about Jesus. I know the story. I know everything. But you just know of Him. You really do not know Him. Not until God reveals His Son in you, then you really know Him. And to know the only true God and the one whom He said, this is eternal life. So thank God, you know, on the road to Damascus, in that heavenly vision, He saw Jesus is Lord. And He surrendered His life to the Lord Jesus. Now, Young brothers and sisters, this is a vision that every one of us must have. You know about Jesus is not enough. You have to see him, not only as your Savior, but also as your Lord. In other words, You believe Him as your Savior. That's for your own sake. It doesn't fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Not until you surrender your life to Him, the one who saves you by His grace. You surrender to Him and Allow him to be the Lord of your life. Then the purpose of God in your life will begin to be fulfilled. So, brothers, sisters, young brothers and sisters, this is one thing in the heavenly vision that the Lord has given to us. And this is what God has given to each and every one of you. We do not gather here under any other name but the name of our Lord Jesus. As we gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus, what does it mean? It means that we put ourselves under his headship. We allow him to take charge over our lives. We are no longer Lord of our own lives. We belong to him. He had purchased us for himself. And we are here to live for him. We are here to serve him to serve his purpose in the way that he has 
foreordained for every one of us. So, brothers and sisters, do you have that heavenly vision? That's why we are here. We do not belong to the Catholic Church. We do not belong to any denomination in the Protestant Church. We do not belong to any independent groups. We are not independent. We gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus. A name that is above every name. But that name was despised, persecuted by the world. So as we follow the Lord, we need to be ready to suffer for his name's sake. Now that's how we get it. But that is only a part of the heavenly vision. You know, Saul was a Pharisee. And the training of a Pharisee is to train them to have reasonings, logic. The Pharisees are known for their logic. Everything, they reason it out. You know? And when our Lord Jesus said, Why do you persecute me? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. Now, being a Pharisee, according to his training, he can reason with the Lord said, Lord, you are in heaven, I'm on earth, how can I persecute you? I've never seen you, I've never touched you. But he didn't do that. Why? Because in that heavenly vision, he saw a thing that is closely related to the Lordship of Christ. And that is the church, his body. The church is not an organization. The church is an organism. The church is the body of Christ. Christ today, as the head, is in heaven. But his body covers the whole earth. Wherever there are those who believe in him and gather together in his name, you find an expression of his body. So, brothers and sisters, why we are here? Why do we gather in this way? Why do we not join with the Catholic Church or other Protestant churches or other independent groups? Why? One reason is because we see that the church is the body of Christ. We are living members 
of that living body. As the head is joined to the body, so Christ is joined to his church. As the head controls the body, every member of the body, so Christ, by his Holy Spirit, in each and every one of us, controls all our movements together. We are the body of Christ. All those who believe in the Lord Jesus, all those who are born into that body, we belong to one another. And we are not alone. We are not all by ourselves. You know, among Christians today, they are those who love the Lord. But unfortunately, they are those who think that they don't need any brother or sister. It's only the Lord and I. They said, I know nobody. I only know the Lord and myself. Now it sounds very spiritual, isn't it? But that's wrong. Because you are not a body. You are only a member of the body of Christ. And it is the body that is joined to the head. Not just you joined to the head. We are joined to the head. In the body. Through the Holy Spirit. So I hope that this is also the vision that our God has given us from the very beginning. We do not want to gather together under any other name. It doesn't mean we are exclusive. It simply means that we want to embrace all God's people as our brother, as our sister. And at the same time, we want to be under only the hedge of Christ. Not under any human beings. Not under any form or system. Not under any theological teachings. We are under the headship of Christ. Learn to be obedient to Him and learn to be submissive to one another in the fear of Christ. We want to live a body life. Not just individual Christian, but as members, one of another in the body. We need to live together, serve together, work together, and we need to be disciplined by the Lord through one another. And it is only love that suffers long and is kind. So dear brothers and sisters, you are involved in something which is very dear to the heart of our Lord. 
it is a small thing in the eyes of the world. But it is very dear to the heart of our Lord Jesus. You are involved in something which is directly related to God's eternal purpose. You are involved in a spiritual battle against the forces of the evil and to experience the victory of Christ in our lives together. So, uh, this, is, this is the reason why uh, I feel it's worthwhile to uh, tell you something about our past history. You know, uh, we have lots of failures, human failures. We are not perfect. But by the grace of God, He holds us to Himself. So may the Lord continue to lead us all. We have much to learn yet. There is much that we need to know the Lord. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we will grow together, help one another, pressing on towards the goal. So, if we can take these lessons by heart, then I think our past history will not be in vain. So you can see in our past history, we have lots of failures. It is the grace of God that continues with us. So may the Lord bless each and every one of you. I think that's all I would say.